the one who knocks. Pop, pop. Oh, no. <laughs> Why don't you do something with your life? You contribute nothing to society. Good morning, Vietnam! Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? You know my code. Hose before bros. You can't handle the truth. Buzz your girlfriend. Woof. Nobody calls me mad dog. Especially not some dooted up egg sucking gutter trash. Hello and welcome to My First Time, the podcast that debates, disputes and discusses pop culture classics. Each episode, someone on our panel takes on the role of the first timer, the person who is correcting a gap in their pop culture resume. Will they see what the fuss is or be left wondering what the hell was that? My name is Dan and I'm joined each and every week by Eden. Hey, hey, hey. Aiden. Catchphrase. Aiden, you are this week's first timer. I am. Uh, we should say as well, good to be back on the air yeah. or, or in or in the podcast world good at least. Good to be back in your eardrums, right. people. It's been six months since our headquarters blew up and we had to build a new one uh, and the mics were just installed this week. Uh, I've been tinkering. I think we're... We're recording currently. It's good to be back. Yeah, it is good to be back. Uh, welcome back, Eden. Thank you, Dan. It's a pleasure to be back as well. And this week we are looking at Gladiator. We uh, threw a little sneaky poll up on our Instagram a few weeks ago. Uh, a choice between Gladiator and Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> a little hint at what we're going to be doing in the upcoming episodes Aiden, you nominated Gladiator. Eden, you nominated Driving Miss Daisy. We threw it out there for the public to decide. The public decided that we must discuss Gladiator. Very similar to the the plot line of Gladiator, obviously. They gave gave the thumbs up to Gladiator and the thumbs down to Driving Miss Daisy. They certainly did. (laughs) Why is Gladiator something you missed? It was pretty big back in your sort of youthful days when you probably had lots of time to watch movies. Uh, excuse me, I am still youthful. I got asked for ID only a year and a half ago. <laughs> it's been a hard year and a half, hasn't it? <laughs> um, so, like, I don't love action films. I very much avoided them for a very long time until sort of superhero comic-y book films popped up and then I was like, oh, I do like action films when they're wearing their underpants on the outside and a cape. (laughs) But outside of that, I'm not really into them unless there's like a comic relief or, you know, a real dramatised storyline or an art house twist or something Off that the top of your head, makes it interesting at least. What are some other notable action films then that you might have avoided that yeah. could surprise our listeners? Well, a lot of those sort of like stereotypical, like, I don't know, like um, Rambo or um, Die- Rocky. Die Hard? Have you seen the Die Hard movies? Die Hard. Nice. All those sort of like stereotypical, I'm a guy, I've got my shirt ripped off on the front cover and I'm fighting some kind of like Russian agent I've never seen. Wow. Wow. Well, except you've watched Rambo now for the podcast. That's right. Go yeah. check that out in the archives. Uh, Eden, you Crow, uh... Crowbar that plug in there. <laughs> Eden, uh, yeah. Gladiator Watcher? I'd, I'd seen it one time. I was very 
uh, resistant to seeing it. I remember my parents were like, oh, no, you should check out this movie. Like, they wanted to see it, so they rented it on VHS or whatever. But that's because you're a racist and avoid every- anything to do with the Italian culture. 100%. Those damn Italians. <laughs> those eye ties. <laughs> Coming in here with their pizza and lasagna uh... and spaghetti bolognese and delicious food. I will not have it. But no, I just like I just didn't want to watch it, and I think I saw it probably in high school at some point, and then was yeah, I, I saw it. Drifted off. <laughs> yeah, this was actually my first time as well. This for me was actually one of those ones you sort of stubbornly avoid yeah. after mm. lots of people telling you you've got to watch it. It's it was so good, and so I was so like, hyped up when no. it came out, and it won like yes. a stack of awards as well. Yes, yeah, stacks. Which, yeah, we'll get into that yeah. later, but. Like, yeah, it was definitely one, you know, and it was that era of life for me, sort of late high school, where if anything's heaps hyped, I was definitely the sort of yeah. guy that was like, well, I'm not going to watch that. Um, <laughs> Titanic, I imagine. Going to go watch a... an old Kubrick. <laughs> <laughs> Did you avoid other movies at that time? Yeah, like I have not Titanic. seen Titanic. Yeah. I wouldn't watch Braveheart. Yes, There's... I was the same for both of those movies. Haven't seen Braveheart, but definitely saw Titanic. Because um... it's not action. <laughs> <laughs> and there's boobs. Uh, cont- <laughs> uh, and we're back. We are back. All right, maybe uh, those of you listening in your cars, on your treadmills, or wherever you may be, have not watched Gladiator either. If not, here's a little catch-up for you. Ridley Scott's Gladiator pits a brooding Russell Crowe against a sneering Joaquin Phoenix in an age-old tale of power, love, and revenge. Crowe plays Roman general Maximus Decimus Meridius, a legend of the battlefield who just wants to get back to his farm and see his wife and young boy after years of fighting the barbarians. But his plans for a peaceful retirement of crop rotating and goat milking are thrown asunder when Emperor Marcus Aurelius, battling some sort of mystery illness, decides to bypass his own lineage, snivelling son, Commodus in order to give the empire to obedient Maximus, who is told by Marcus to usher Rome back into a more democratic system of government. Of course, telling Commodus of the plan doesn't end up going well, and Marcus Aurelius is choked to death by his son before anyone can be told of this new succession plan. Maximus is sentenced to death, but escapes and races home in a desperate but ultimately unsuccessful attempt to stop Commodus's men killing his family. From there, let's speed up the recap. Maximus is captured by some slave traders, sold to a gladiator school, and uses his elite military training to just basically wipe the floor with the bodies of his enemies. He ends up being so good, he's off to Rome to fight in the Colosseum, right in front of Commodus, of course, who has declared 150 days of arena games to try to win the hearts of his new citizens. Commodus soon discovers the gladiator's true identity, and a game of cat and mouse is afoot, as Commodus must try to kill Maximus, without the adoring Roman public finding out that their emperor has murdered their hero, and Maximus must avenge his family and put pay to Commodus's life and treachery. There's a subplot about Commodus and his creepy love for his sister and or his nephew, and for a time it appears Maximus might take the throne that was rightfully his with some help from said sister, but, spoiler alert, and it's our first episode for a while so you get one, uh, both Commodus <laughs> and Maximus die fighting in the arena, but not before some weird visions of Roman afterlife, and some fake notion is given to the viewer that of course Rome will be all sweet and never suffer any corrupt and evil tyrant emperors now that Commodus is dead. Gladiator, for what it's worth, was a monster hit. It was the second highest grossing film of the year 2000 and won five Academy Awards, including the most significant of all, 
best costume design. No, best picture. Uh, this was despite the film script being largely a shambles right the way through production, which led to Russell Crowe storming off set on numerous occasions and really cemented his bad boy reputation. But the film also cemented his star status and was a significant return to success for Alien and Blade Runner director Ridley Scott, who'd endured a lean decade with duds like G.I. Jane, White Squall and 1492 Conquest of Paradise. But the critical and commercial success of Gladiator means nothing today. It's all about the opinion of our first-timer, Aiden. So Aiden, is Gladiator a glory champion deservedly draped in victory, or just a beef-up hunk of show muscle that needs to be put to the sword? I like the idea that after you very quickly yell spoiler alert and then go on to say say the main <laughs> plot points of the end of the film, mm-hmm. that... that up until that point, I'd downloaded the podcast, mm-hmm. seen that it was about Gladiator, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then you yell, spoiler alert, mm-hmm. and I hadn't thought to watch it, and then only a split second I later... I gave you a few. I gave you a few seconds <laughs> to hit pause. You got a few. Uh, right. So what did I think of the film? Yes. Um, uh, <laughs> much in the tradition of Gladiator, straight away after watching the film, I went to the rate Gladiator in Netflix and did the... Thumbs down. Oh. Ouchie, mouchie. Uh, Ian, what's your take on Gladiator? Uh, yeah, so being resistant to watch Gladiator as a child, I remember watching it with resistance and not loving it, mm-hmm. uh, and then watching it now as an adult, I still don't love it. Yeah. I, I don't hate it, but it's pretty bad, right? It's, it's just like, boring. It's, it is boring, right? It's nothing really boring. Shit. The dialogue is atrocious. There was only two modes. Either I can't understand what you're saying because there's so much like big long sentences with history that I have no clue about, or it's just like really bad dialogue. It was two modes. That's yeah. it. Mm. It the it was no surprise to learn of the fact that the script was beset with all sorts oh, of rewrites during yeah. production. Right. It just. There was nothing of interest. I thought it was the most predictable film I'd yeah. seen for a while. You just knew what all the beats were going to be. Yeah. Completely unsurprising. Um, but it's like not bad enough to hate. No, no, exactly. It's not like it's not like you would watch it just going like, oh, this sucks. You can't yeah. laugh at how bad it is, really. So it's why did everyone average. love it? Like, I don't know. It did get a lot of kudos from everyone when it was released. Best picture. Yeah. It's ridiculous. At the Oscars. It's ridiculous. That blew my <laughs> mind. I had no idea about that until I was, like, actually writing up the little spill before. And I was like, hang on. Like, you can understand maybe it wins for best effects or yeah. best costume design. Some of the fight sequences were pretty impressive. I thought they were actually really good. That yeah. was the most captivating part of the film for me was the gladiator mm. battles. But everything else mm. is ho-hum. Yeah, very much. And yet some idiots decided <laughs> it was the best film of the year 2000. We need someone to look up what other films came out that year to see whether uh, it was a bad year or whether it was uh, yeah. just the best of a bad bunch. Please hold. <laughs> While Aiden does that, yeah. you and I are going to have a chat. Mm. Ridley Scott. Oh, I was. I've been jumping at the chance to be able to talk about Ridley Scott because we know fans of the podcast know you love Blade Runner. Love Blade Runner. I love Alien, and you love Alien. I think they're two fantastic movies, both directed by Ridley Scott. 
And I, after watching Gladiator, thought, okay, I need to see. I, I, I sort of always thought Ridley Scott must be a good director. Blade Runner and Alien are classics. Let's check out what else he's done. And it is a surprisingly small list of good movies. In fact, it's basically Alien, Blade Runner, uh, Thelma and Louise. Thelma and Louise. That, that was my third one. And I like that. Yeah, like that's pretty much it. Like Gladiator. Is you know it's not it's not as bad as some of his other ones. No, I tried after watching Gladiator. I I I got my hands on Legend with the uh, Tim Curry and Tom Cruise. Oh. It was awful. I thought maybe I'll go back to 1985, which is when Legend came out. It was just a, a, atrocious. Oh. And then there was like all of these movies he's done recently, which are so just. So boring. he's had just as many misses as hits. Though. No, I would say he has had significantly more misses. More <laughs> misses. Yeah. Miss guy. Yeah. Uh, I've got a list here in front of me of other films that came out in the year 2000 in yeah. no particular order. Yeah. All right, let's just uh, for each one, I want to I want a quick better or worse than Gladiator in Ooh, our yeah. perspective minds. Okay. Unbreakable. Better. Better. So much better. Agreed. <laughs> better. Um, American Psycho. Better. Better. Haven't seen it. Couldn't say. That's a good movie. Snatch. Better. Yeah, better. Better. The first X-Men film. Uh, as, as good. <laughs> I would say better. I really enjoyed it. Uh, this is a this was a great film, but just didn't quite get the uh, kudos it deserved at the time. I think Memento. Oh, better. I would say better. I oh, really Memento was fantastic. I love Memento. That's early Christopher Nolan. Yeah, incredible film. I agree. Uh, okay, here's the oh here's the God, two that's... other big ones. I think that we're, uh, we're talking like adult films. I'm not going to go through the the kids films that were released <laughs> back then, but like Remember the Titans. Okay, uh, I, I love that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I can remember much yeah. of it. <laughs> uh, and the big one, Castaway. Oh wow, definitely better. Yeah, better. <laughs> such such a good movie. Absolutely. Like, it had a ball that is a better character than anyone in Gladiator, <laughs> and showed more depth in acting than Russell Crowe. Oh, absolutely. No doubt. Yeah. No. So okay. So 2000 wasn't just like a hellhole for films. No. Why did Gladiator get it? No, I don't know. That's so strange it was kind of, to me. It was kind of Russell Crowe's first big film. Yeah. Like I don't think he'd really done much before that. Yeah. Especially in America, I think. As far as you know, big yeah, roles. Yeah. Things. Yeah, I, I, know, like I know he'd had other... LA Confidential would have yeah. been like a couple of years earlier, maybe. But even that, he's not the main character. Like, he's... he's yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's not the lead, is what I'm saying. This would be his yeah. first big lead film. Speaking of which, is his Australian accent barely disguised in this film? Oh, they're was... not trying to. Oh, yeah, I no. think they just want some gruff but no, guy, right? <laughs> but it, I can imagine that they, like he went into the audition and they said, how do you go with a sort of, you know... Italian or Greek, we'll settle for any of that sort of area accent. And he's pulled out a bit of, oh, mamma mia. <laughs> oh, no, scusi, scusi. Oh, I cut off your leg. Oh, no, no, oh, no. And they went, yeah, nah, Russ, maybe just stick to your regular accent. That's a possibility. That's a distinct possibility. I found the whole... The fact that everyone had a very English accent. Oh, like it, it, it immediately, was, as soon as the movie opens and there's those English accents, it just sort of, I don't know, it just feels dated. It feels like one of those But what would 50s. you have wanted then? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Because I thought about that as well, and I'm like, you don't want to fake... No. I don't, I don't want like, Accent. And I don't necessarily want them all speaking Latin either, but the English accents do, do make it seem like a Hollywood 
movie of the 50s. Yeah, it has a real sort of white colonialness mm. about it. Like, just, yeah, we'll just... We'll just adopt this history, make it seem English. Yeah. And You're also watching it and hearing it with the eyes and ears of a person in 2019. True. Now, in, in the year 2000, no one really cared that we were being slightly undertone racist <laughs> or the fact that there's only one female role in the whole film. Yeah. Like, that was the more concerning thing for me. Yeah. There's Commodus' sister and his wife, which is put to death. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, okay, one speaking role for a woman yeah. in the whole film. Like, there can are... you imagine a film being released that won Best Picture this year and, like, it would just it, it just wouldn't happen. No. It would, there would be no way that a film getting so many awards would have one female role in yeah. it. Yeah. There would be, uh, like, a feminist film fan community uh, that would really hate this movie. Because I've noticed that there, when I read, like, comments on movie reviews, there's a real hatred now of the trope of killing a woman to give the male more reason to act. And that's exactly what is done in this film. Like you're saying, there's just the one female role. There's Russell's wife, but she's just put to death so that he has, like, more driving force. Yeah. And that happens in so many films. And, it, yeah, it's, it's really something that... You know, a lot of progressive directors are trying to avoid these days. Oh, it's also the the damsel in distress as well. That the um, well, I can't remember his wife's name. Oh, sorry, the um, the sister's name. But she's. Well, you think I'm sexist? Yeah. For getting the, <laughs> no, it's because they all had these long character titles that I couldn't remember. <laughs> no, like she couldn't get out of her situation. She couldn't get out of her problem without Russell Crowe's character to save her. Yeah. Ah, uh, it was just so boring. I felt like. Right from the start, I didn't need to know all of the sort of backstory that he was sort of yeah. given the role of Caesar from the previous Caesar. Like, I, di I didn't need that information. I didn't even need the fact that, like, his family had been killed. I almost wanted it to start about 30 minutes in when he's just a gladiator and have that kind of, like, strong, silent kind of, I'm just a gladiator. And then you learn that information as you go, which builds the stakes. Totally. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I literally text Dan as I was watching the film at the 30-minute mark, <laughs> and I said, oh, it's just starting now. Yeah. Like, I've had half an hour of, like, backstory that I yeah. just didn't care for. Like, it doesn't add to the film, yeah. really, without... You could just that with a couple of flashbacks halfway through the film. Yeah, exactly. And then it would give you more, like you would sort of be more intrigued about this like character, like where he's come from. Like yeah. he would do something in uh, one of the, the rings where he's like, oh, wait a minute, why is, why is he like sparing this person all of a sudden? That's crazy. And then you mm. could learn more about his past. And ah, it was so frustrating. <laughs> Speaking of those backstory scenes where we see uh, Maximus as a general fighting the German barbarians, did anyone notice there's this little cut shot of the battle where I swear a whole bunch of people of the extras who are the army right near the front of frame are all laughing and smiling. <laughs> I took a photo of it. Oh, my God. A screenshot with my, uh, with my phone. I'm going to post it on our uh, social media and you tell me if these people aren't laughing. One of them appears to be falling down and the other's reacting to that like, <laughs> and then I think they just wanted the look of the guy falling because it looks like he might have died or got hit by yeah. an arrow. And so it's just spliced in really quickly, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it's a, it's a filmmaking botch. Oh my God. I see your laughing crowd and match you with I swear I saw him wearing runners at one stage Ooh. I'm pretty sure they were pumas 
or New Balance. I'm not sure, but yeah, there's there's clearly a scene where he's wearing runners. How did this movie get Best Picture? <laughs> That's bullshit. There's, and, an, there's, oh. there's more than that. There's another scene where uh, I think it's actually the very final scenes where Russell Crowe's lying on the ground and in one part, like from one shot, he's lying flat on the ground and then it changes angles and he's got like like... Not a pillow, but like a rocky pillow underneath his head. Uh, like like spray painted grey and brown. Yeah. So it's rocky like, well, did, did they move him? Like after he died? Like what happened there? Oh my god! I got the picture up. I know this is not riveting in podcast land, but Eden, can you verify? Just scroll across this picture and tell me that. Could you interpret that as people smiling and laughing <laughs> in the midst of this barbarian battle? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's, uh, that's check our Instagram in the day or two genius. after this episode is posted, and we'll have that uh, up there for you. How how did Ridley Scott, after masterpieces like Alien and Blade Runner, start doing these kind of just I don't know, just cheesy movies? All right, so I have a a little bit of a theory. Yeah, perhaps. And this is not me having a go. This is not okay. me trying to have a dig all at you. Right, all right. Okay. Oh, know- okay, hold on. I can see where we're going already. <laughs> no, no, no. I am saying that potentially he was great in the 80s and 90s. And- 70s and 80s, I'm going to say. Okay, sorry. 70s, 80s, whatever you nerd. Um, okay, so <laughs> potentially... Is being right about decades now <laughs> reason to be called a nerd? I'm coming to your defence <laughs> here, you, Dan. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so potentially he was great... A long time ago, mm. but maybe his skills haven't actually improved and they've just stayed the same. And so in the 80s, he was like, oh, he's really good for a filmmaker. But in the uh, 90s, everyone else improved and he didn't. Well, see, I, I, I'll, I'll disagree, but kind of like, I think that he maybe was young and a bit more energetic or something, or a bit more willing to be kind of... Risk taker. Yeah, a bit more, more interesting okay. as a director. Uh, and then after a few successes and a few more studios backing him, maybe he was just kind of like, all right, I can age and just do some good movies. And he just became complacent. We're, bag- we're bagging him a lot, though. But this film was successful. Like, it won a lot of awards. It was it was massive at the box office. So, yeah. like, we might hate it, but people <laughs> did love it. It's true. Yeah, I, that boggles from, my mind. From what I've read, it was sort of the first thing for maybe a long time, maybe since Spartacus, that really thrust that era of history, I know, back into the spotlight. Yeah. And so it, you know, started people being more interested in Roman history and film and TV set in that era. Mm. So maybe that worked in its favour. I did see something as well online that said that Ridley Scott didn't want this to be like a... a like a, a, a thongs and robes or a thongs and like a tunics tunics yeah kind of movie no he wanted it to be a runners yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like so yeah maybe this is just a maybe it is unique in 2000 this movie which is fairly actiony and hard hitting but it's just boring. Yeah, it, but was, it wasn't interesting. You know, we're talking about it like we weren't around then. Like, I remember the year 2000. Like, yeah. We were all in high school. Like, it's mm. not that long ago. I remember it being released, and I wasn't interested in it then, and I'm not interested in it now, yeah. nor was I interested in it partway through the film when I saw a tweet that had um, the Lion King new trailer out, and I was like, well, I'm going to watch this over the top <laughs> of Gladiator in the background because that's way more interesting. Yeah. yeah, I've got some things to say when we get to our scoring about how interested <laughs> I was in this movie. 
Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, yeah, I was in high school as well, and I remembered not liking it when I eventually sort of caved and decided to see it. Uh, but I had already seen Alien and Blade Runner and loved those movies. So, like, yeah, this movie in 2000, or just after 2000 when I saw it, I didn't like it, didn't, don't like it now. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrendously historically inaccurate as yeah. well. And that bothers me. Like, if you're going to use the real names of emperors and their sons, but not actually tell the true story of events that happened to them, why bother? Right. I'd just rather just make up a fictitious emperor. Just, you know, like, you know, Marcus Aurelius, real person, Commodus, real person. But Commodus didn't kill him. He never tried to, like, get a general to take his throne and ignore his son. They apparently worked together for years peacefully before he died. And yeah. that sort of stuff bothers me. I don't know. Like, why why bother with the history, in inverted commas, when it's just all wrong? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, why, why bother changing history, like having real characters in a real kind of setting, when you're just going to... Dick around with it anyway. <laughs> Seriously, that that create your me. own story. Also, it just shows every gladiator fight being to the death, mm. and this is maybe the grade seven history teacher coming out <laughs> in me, but that just didn't happen. Gladiators so rarely killed each other; they were like freaking valuable commodity. It took so long to train one up <laughs> to make him good. You did not just—they were like owned by their like trainers, mm. and occasionally it would be to the death, but it it would cost a fortune like the gladiator owner trainer would have to be heavily compensated but in this film they're just killing everyone like left right and center yeah another reason it well me. they did have a bit of an issue with him killing them left right and center they wanted him to drag it out a bit longer a bit more entertainment <laughs> out of it please That's i did true. hear that gladiators used to actually do uh product endorsements uh in uh, in the coliseum yeah i heard that yeah. that was apparently in one of the early <laughs> versions of the script i kid you not that's great yeah (laughs) like what kind of products are they pushing i don't know like "Mm, my my feet don't hurt at all thanks to these great sandals (laughs) (laughs) interesting yeah and like um, yeah look the whole way through the film as well i was waiting for mike whitney to pop up or (laughs) possibly tanya zayeta it was none of that kind of stuff that disappointed me a lot. Yeah. You expected their weapons to be much larger and more foam-based. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and someone to go, Gladiators, ready! <laughs> uh, I don't know. Anyone got any other thoughts about this film? I really just found it so incredibly dull. I'm yeah. struggling of things yeah. to say about yeah. it. Yeah, let's rate it. After these messages, we'll be right back. All right, gents. You've only had about four months since our last record to get your recommendations in order. So I'm going to assume that we're all really organised, although Aiden's flop sweat might say otherwise. <laughs> uh, but let's start with you, Eden, and give him a little bit of time all to right. sort himself out. Yeah. What have you got? Well, my recommendation is the animated series Big Mouth. I don't know if anyone has heard of it here. It's been around for a little while. It has been around for a little while. They've just finished their second season. This is the sex education... It is, yeah. Teenage puberty... Yeah. Sort of television show. It is hilarious. Like, it's quite adult, I would say. I, I don't think it's necessarily a kid's show. But, yeah, it's got, like, that sort of sex head vibe to it. Um, but it's got a great cast of comedians and actors in it. And it is just, just laugh out loud Such, funny. Uh, who can we look forward to in the cast? Uh, see, that's the hard question. I can't remember off the top of my head. But they're great. <laughs> they are great. 
They are damn great. I, I particularly like the the hormone monster. Uh, all the hormone monsters in it are outstanding. I want to say uh, Jason Mendoza. Yeah, is I, in yes, it. yeah, 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 and. Um, Nick Kroll is the, the main uh, guy the main behind guy. it. Yes. Yes. Parks yeah. and Rec and yeah. stuff like that. Do you yeah. watch it, Aiden? Uh, no, I thought it was a bit too much for me. Yeah. Mm, I, I was just, I don't love animated comedies to begin with. I like kids' cartoons, but yeah. as soon as Yogi it becomes Bear. a bit. Yeah, Yogi Bear. <laughs> I like um, <laughs> Top Cat, you know. I like kids' cartoons, but as soon as it gets to. I don't know, smutty stuff. I just just kind of get a bit off it. Okay. Well, I I wouldn't call it smutty, but it's definitely definitely got a lot of uh, focus on sex and puberty and whatnot. It's good. What's the difference, Eden? Slight yeah, that's track. an interesting question. What <laughs> between is smutty Where are you drawing and the sex line? focus? Uh, can well, you, okay, can you give me one that is only sex focused, that's not smutty, and something that is typical smutty, just so mm, we can clarify between mm, the two? That is tricky. Uh, I would say something along the lines of... Okay, I think your run-of-the-mill pornographic film mm. is could be smutty. Sure, sure. But, but not sex focused? Run of the but, mill. Okay. No, I don't I would say <laughs> you know, <laughs> missionary you know, only. Uh, run of the mill. You know, you just know, your standard one. Just the standard. There's an entry and exit. It moves back and forth a fair bit. <laughs> but oh, and welcome but back to the podcast. It's good to be back. <laughs> but it's not sex focused. They're not sort of going, now this goes in here, folks. Like they're not they're giving you more information. Right. Okay. So what's a, an educational sex focus? And what's your typical uh, educational sex focus that's not smutty? Well, I would have to say Big Mouth is the only example that I can think of. It is unique in that aspect. Fair enough. (laughs) All right, I'm I'm done. I've had more than my 30 seconds, right? No, 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 you you can move along. (laughs) Aiden, what do you got? Um, uh, Well, it's been four months, so there's been a lot of things have been watched and listened to and consumed over the last few months. So has anyone heard of Married at First Sight? Uh, it... <laughs> I've been watching this and... No, nah, I'm kidding. I can't. <laughs> yeah, it was believable though. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot stand that crap. Uh. Um, no, look, this one's been out for a while. Like, it, I want to say it came out like over summer, but uh, I still think it might have gone under the radar for a few people. Um, Titans... It's uh, a DC um, superhero type show. I say superhero, but it's it's more very violent, very gritty. Um, there's really loud, awesome music uh, soundtrack of you know big ACDC pump up songs while um, criminals are getting bloodily um, head kicked in and whatnot. It's it's not for kids in any way and it's it's really cool. It sort of follows the story of Robin after he's sick of dealing with Batman's dark moody crap and he moves on with his life. It's nice. good. I really like it. I have heard fantastic things about it. I haven't yeah. seen it yet though. It's on Netflix. Yeah. I believe in America though it's only on like this DC streaming service mm. on their websites and stuff. But if you're in Australia or pretty much anywhere else in the world, you can get it on Netflix. Too many streaming services in the world. Absolutely. Very true. What do you got, Dan? I have uh, another podcast uh, to recommend to you today called The Lanalax Corporation. Uh, something I've really been enjoying. Is this a Dr. Zeus? Lilacs? Mm. Are they doctors? The Lorax? Oh, Lorax. (laughs) (laughs) No, not the Lorax. The Lanalax Corporation. It's essentially two friends, two comedians uh, sit down and one of them 
basically is the storyteller and presents like an elaborate hypothetical to the person listening. So it's a real mix of sort of like comedic storytelling, improv, role-playing, and they're very much consumable in any order. Like it doesn't, you don't have to listen week after week, but I've listened to a lot now. I've really consumed a lot. And it really, they sort of, you know, they flesh out a world where... Uh, basically, you know, you get sort of characters start repeating and the, you know, the Lanolax Corporation appears every so often. Um, they tend to be fairly nefarious. And it's kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure where it basically always ends in death uh, of the <laughs> of the person who's not the storyteller. Uh, yeah, so it sort of starts like, you know, like, ah, Eden, you know, six six months in the future, you go uh, back home. And, and that's basically how everyone starts and then it goes really crazy and what wild does the, places. what does the co-host role of the podcast have like what do they do they just sit there and listen to the they story. listen they react yeah. uh, they, they make say... the occasional choice yeah you've I... listened to some now i have yeah and it's outstanding uh and yeah the other person tends to basically yeah just sort of say oh i well i would do this like i, I would ask them like what the hell is going on here and right. they would then respond to that and yeah. who are the hosts have they done anything before do we know them not at all that i know of i think they're just a couple of like you know local stand up comedians in austin i assume from the from the stories they tell always seem to be set around austin uh yeah so i don't think it's like really big yet by any stretch but I would give it a listen and get on board because I think it's really, really stinking funny and one of the few podcasts that gets me laughing out loud. All right, well, we get to the scoring now and we're going to keep the leaderboard going. Uh, So, those of you listening at home, our top-rated pop cultural entertainment is Groundhog Day. Nice. Uh, 45.3, roughly. Then The Shining... And then live wrestling. That's our top three. Can Gladiator make it? You're not going to think so based on what we've had to say it so far. Uh, But nevertheless, let's go through the scores and just see how low it can go. iPhone test. Eden. It's got to be zero. (laughs) Yeah, I I found it so boring. I, I was bummed out. Especially because that first, like you said, Aiden, the first half hour... It's just it's just backstory that yeah. I I just jump to the action and not meaningless action of oh I'm gonna invade some barbarians. Uh, I would be lying if I gave it more than half a star. Uh, yeah, like I said before, I was watching trailers for new <laughs> Disney films halfway through. <laughs> I might have even made a phone call. Like it, it was so bad, but I did persist. For a little while, so let's go half a star. It's 150 minutes. Like it's long. It's a long movie. It's so, oh well. I reckon I watched it over like three viewings. Just I just didn't have the time. Like and I got bored as well. Yeah, it is boring. <laughs> yeah, I was watching it on my laptop, and very quickly I was just like two screening my internet browser so I could have. Uh, Gladiator on one half really small and just have something more interesting on the other half that I was reading and just occasionally <laughs> glancing. I, it was so dull. I, yeah. I have to... Uh, the battle scenes were pretty good. There were a couple of times I was like, oh, no, I'm actually going to pay this attention, yeah. go full screen, but Absolutely. that was few and far. So, yeah, I'm going to throw it a half star as well. And just quickly, in defense of people saying, oh, well, we did, you didn't even watch it properly. I had it on a big... TV, yeah, same. and I was watching it. Yeah, like I, yeah. I sat down and watched it in like one sitting. I paused it a few times, but it was dull. That first 30 minutes killed me. I persisted. I really did try. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, 
I'm not just going to give it a free ride. I'm not just going to give it my attention for no reason. I got distracted. You know what really did get my attention? The rival gladiator trainer with the enormous black eyebrows (laughs) that looked a lot like Gough Whitlam. I don't know if anyone else picked up on the... They were intentional, weren't they? Like they were. They, he was meant to be portraying somebody, I imagine. Surely. I don't know. I don't know of any famous Roman figures with large eyebrows, but they were incredible. They, they had to be his own. Yeah, that would really limit the roles you could take, though. Surely. It's um Bart Cummings or um. Yeah. Is there a Bart Cummings biopic? Oh, that guy must be. Probably. He's, he's probably the guy, right? <laughs> Uh, I wonder if he's known in Hollywood as like, oh, where's the eyebrows guy? We need someone with those eyebrows. Mr. Brown. <laughs> All right, Eden, cultural significance. Are you a better cultural person? <clears throat> you know what? I'm going to go two. I think there are some lines in there, like the, are you not entertained line, the, the thumbs up, thumbs down thing. Which oh, no, no, history. Like, yeah, I was about oh. to say, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down has been wrapped for a very but long time. But apparently was the opposite in the real world. That thumbs down was the good thing because that meant like, you know, sort of sword down if you're holding your sword, hold it down. Or thumb up, kill oh. with your sword. Right, so like over years somehow that's been twisted. Yeah, and they didn't want to invert it apparently in the movie because they thought they would just confuse audiences. Yeah, and fair enough. That's great. Next time your boss is giving you a hard time, yeah. just give him a thumb up. But in your head yeah. you're like, I know what yeah. this really means. <laughs> Aiden, cultural significance for you? Mm, I don't think it was that significant. Like, I know there's lots of significant things in it as far as um, Roman history and stuff, but I already knew about the Colosseum and and Caesar and different things. Like it's like I don't I didn't learn anything from the film, and I did know that quote uh, mm. and it, it put it in context. I actually was expecting it a little bit later in the film. I was surprised it came, it came out really early. <laughs> yeah, um, so I reckon only one. Like I just like even the cultural significance of winning lots of awards was lost on me because I was like. Why? Mm. Yeah, I feel like it's not one that persists in the modern day pop culture lexicon. It's not something people reference or seem to have any True. great affiliation for or love for. No. Uh, people more know the quote, Gladiators ready! From, from the Channel 7 show. Like, that's more famous, really. <laughs> That might be an Instagram poll, which is the better gladiator, (laughs) which has more pop cultural significance. Um, I went to the Coliseum, like, in the sort of late 2000s. All right, mate, we've all been overseas. No, I I do wish I'd seen the film before going. Yeah. Because it it does give you a nice image of what it looked like in its prime. But apart from that, not much. The one or two lines, uh, you see a film that a lot of people tried to pressure you into seeing when you were younger, (laughs) and you're like, well, they were so wrong, and I was so right, and that feels good. So, one and a half. Returnability? Uh, I'm going to go one. I'm not going to say zero. This is the second time I saw it. (laughs) True. Zero for me, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Won't be putting that back in the Netflix queue. Stone cold zero for me (laughs) as well. Uh, Partner friendliness, date night material? Uh, Zero. (laughs) 
It's a firm zero. <laughs> and to the point where my wife, Leah, said to me last night, when are you going to be finished watching that stupid film? When can we watch TV together again? I'm sick of you watching it. And, I'm like, and I said, I'm, I'm sorry, but I have to watch this film for the podcast. I literally haven't watched a film for the podcast in six months. Like, come on. I feel like, I feel like has... Yeah, mate. I, I want to go back and re-examine all my interactions with Leah since we started the podcast. She's probably got a lot colder and frostier <laughs> towards me as more and more of your couple time gets taken up with you watching really bad films. Um, it's got to be a zero, doesn't it? Yeah. It's just not a good one to watch with anyone. You it's... can't. You can't even get some good laughs out of like, oh, look at the dumb thing here, because like it's just it's not that awful it's just boring it's nothing do we like joaquin phoenix in it i don't really like him generally don't no, you? i'm not a huge no. fan i like him in some things i like him in some things, i liked him a lot in is it her her i loved her her was good but i don't generally like joaquin how do you phoenix. feel about his upcoming joker film yeah i watched the trailer and was intrigued like i did think it looked good i don't know I worry about films that are like the anti-hero or the like no villain, no hero in the film because he, the whole joy of the Joker is that he's playing off the Batman. He's, he's like, he's teasing the Batman. He's, yeah. he's getting him going and there's no Batman. So who is he rebelling against? Who is he um, antagonizing and things? So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it looked good, but I'm just struggling to be excited about things that have just feel so retread. I feel yeah. like The Onion put it best. They posted a picture of it and said, New Joker trailer introduces iconic villain to same generation of fans. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's about. Yeah, pretty much. That's where it's at. All right, let's tally up those scores. Might take a little while there to crunch those numbers. <laughs> and we'll be back in a moment. <laughs> Hi, my first timers. It's Aiden here. Dan and Eden have gone because I want to tell you about another podcast I do. It's called Vinyl Soul. It's all about music and the journey it takes us on, the effect it has on our lives. And each episode, I get a different famous friend of mine Tim Rogers of UMI, Shannon Knoll, Hallie Williams of Paramore, Dr. Carl from Triple J, Colin Hay, John Safran, and a whole heap of others, and chat about the impact that music has had on their lives. If that sounds like something you'd enjoy, check out Vinyl soul in itunes podcasts spotify or wherever you put podcasts in your ears there has been a shift in the bottom three pop cultural entertainments of all time out of the bottom three goes cruel intentions with a hearty seven points in to the bottom three in third from the bottom third from the bottom right so is gladiator with six and a half points Just a little bit better than Limp Biscuit with 5.5 points. <laughs> and who can forget Mac and me <laughs> with 3.75 points. So oh my God. we have put an Oscar winning film within really two or three points of Mac and me, a film basically made by McDonald's <laughs> to sell hamburgers. Uh... Is that unfair? Have we been too harsh? I don't think we have been too harsh. Like, would, this this movie had nothing. <laughs> I would love to think that it's come full circle and there might have been a Gladiator's McDonald's toy at the time Ooh. of release, but probably not. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what the promotional stuff was back then. Ridley Scott, if you're listening, 
Oh, I've, go back to your roots. We've got fan mail from him before. He's definitely a listener. Oh, good. Okay, look, Ridley. Rids. <laughs> Come on, man. You, you, you did Alien and Blade Runner. You're a good director. You were a good director. You just got to, I don't know, rekindle what you had. Find it again. That one's so impassioned. Oh, I, I loved just, it. I just, I, I'm so mad at him. Oh, I've missed you, Aiden. I thought that he was a good director. <laughs> he's done like three good movies, and he's made like thirty. Right? That's insane. Is he a lucky director? Do you I, just get lucky? Maybe. But if so, that makes me so mad. <laughs> like off, off topic, but uh, just recently in the news was a high school that did. Uh, a stage production for their high school, you know, end of year theatre play yeah. of Alien. Yeah, and it looks incredible, and it's like taking the internet by storm. Like the uh, the special effects on stage were amazing. They made the xenomorph suit yeah. that someone is wearing. It exactly. looks incredible. And Ridley Scott gave them his blessing. Said like it's fantastic. Like, and he then went on to say, "You should do Gladiator next." Does he think? That Gladiator is amazing or something? Yeah, but he won lots of awards. That's bullshit! <laughs> like, we hated it, but, like, most of the world loved it. <laughs> the world is an idiot. <laughs> I don't... I refuse to think that the world loved it. Yeah. I think the world consumed it like like a McDonald's meal. Like, ah, <laughs> oh, mm, not bad. And then 30 minutes later, mm, mm, I'm hungry. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 It was a crap film. Yeah. For our next podcast, I'm eager to announce what two films we'll be throwing up on our Instagram poll. Check it out on the Friday after the podcast drops. To be involved in the voting, Driving Miss Daisy gets one more chance. Yes, come on, people. Up against my choice of Tootsie. Oh, man, I've seen Tootsie. It's a great movie. All right, well, it is Tootsie versus Driving Miss Daisy. Get involved online. Vote for which one of those you would like us to be discussing on our next episode. Any final words, gents? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Great. Well, thank you so much for listening. It is a delightful to be back out there again in your podcast player. Find us online, review, subscribe, all of those things. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Were you not entertained? <laughs> <laughs>